Hello and welcome to Cubicles in Christ. Kelly Johnson, certified leadership coach and founder of Be Well My Soul, is on a mission to encourage and inspire you to be spiritually authentic and thrive in life. Let's join the conversation with Kelly now. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare, and I hope that you listened to part one, where Kim Meyer and I talked about really the foundational principles of spiritual warfare. We learned who the players are, and we started talking about the armor that's represented in Ephesians chapter six. Today, we're going to pick back up our conversation with Kim Meyer, founder of Relentless Women Warriors and the author of the two-part Version Bible app devotional series called Our Modern Warfare. I hope that you've had an opportunity to check out those Bible reading plans. In the meantime, thank you so much for coming back to pick up our conversation. And Kim, welcome again. Thank you, Kelly. I'm so excited to be back with you again today. Me too. And I appreciate you just giving us such a great biblical foundation based on scripture. We have tons of scripture references in the show notes for this episode and the previous one. So really take the time to read through scripture, pray and ask the Lord for understanding of what you read. Also, just a very quick reminder, please be sure to subscribe to Cubicles in Christ on Google Play or Apple Podcast, whichever application that you use, but really appreciate everyone's engagement with the show. So Kim, let's pick up with Helmet of Salvation, shall we? Absolutely. So our Helmet of Salvation, as Paul is writing this passage in Ephesians, as we talked about in the part one. He had a Roman soldier standing. He's looking at the helmet. Undoubtedly, this soldier's helmet probably had some dings in it, some scratches, signs of wear, wear and tear on the helmet. Mm. And our helmet of salvation at the end of our life, in my opinion, our helmet should be pretty dinged up (laughs) from the battles that we are going through right now. So, salvation. We have Jesus who gave his life for us. He has given us, if we've called on Jesus, professed him as our Lord and Savior, we have a guarantee of an eternity with him in heaven. We call that salvation. So, our spiritual armor is talking about not the salvation that comes in our heavenly life, but it's talking about our salvation while living on this earth. Our helmet of salvation is protecting our minds from the lies of the enemy while we are living on earth. If you're a woman, you undoubtedly hear lies about yourself constantly. You look in the mirror and you think you hear, you're so fat, you're so ugly, no one's ever going to love you. You hear these lies not coming out of your mouth, but they're coming into your head as if someone is standing there yelling it at you. Right. And our helmet of salvation, if worn properly, deflects those lies. So when you stand in front of the mirror, when you hear you are disgusting, you are overweight, you can silence that voice by saying, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My God only makes good things. You speak God's word against the lies that are coming in. That is the power that is within the helmet of salvation. It can deflect the lies that are constantly coming through, trying to draw us away from God. Absolutely. 
I was going to say, if I may, I, if that's such a key point, because I also think in my experience, I have also come to recognize that the enemy knows what to say to each of us that's going to really impact us. Absolutely. And one of the reasons he, he does, and I'm so glad you brought this up, is because remember in Ezekiel 28, what did it say? He is full of wisdom. He cannot hear our thoughts. Only God can. But they have been watching us long enough. They know body language. They know your past. So they can make educated guesses on what you're going to do, think, and say. So when you're standing in front of that mirror and he's sending lies, you're so ugly, you're so fat, and you're standing there looking at yourself. When a lie comes through your mind, your body responds to that lie. You may shift your posture, your eyes may dilate, you may turn your head a little bit, you may hang your head. Most women do something that could alert the enemy through our body language that we just took hold of that lie and Mm -hmm. we put it within us. We accepted it and you feel that pain, that rejection in that moment by allowing a single lie to come through. And that's what they're looking for. That's how they know how to tailor their assault. Then they hear the words you speak. They can tell if you accepted their lie through the words you say, the things you write the way you behave, the choices you make. They're watching. They're studying us like a lion on the hunt, watching and waiting, taking that information to use it against us. That's right. That's right. And it's I, what came to my mind is almost like they're in stalker stealth mode. Absolutely. Um, the The enemy and what I call his minions. And... We have, that's why it's so important that we guard our hearts and our minds, as you have also talked about, Kim. But I was speaking to a friend and we're using the example of sort of our own body image issues because we all have them, which is a great example. But I also, as you're listening to Kim walk through the armor of God, I want you to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit brings up to you as the lies that the enemy uses in particular with you. And I want you to absorb what the Holy Spirit, his role is to give us wisdom and understanding. He wants to give you wisdom and understanding how to fight your specific battle. And yours might be abandonment issues from your childhood and now your marriage. Yours may be physical abuse. Yours may be Uh, feeling insecure or inferior because of education. Maybe you weren't a good reader in school and you were teased and now it's showing up. It's plaguing you. It's holding you back from going after a promotion on your job. Whatever it is that the enemy has been on your back about and holding you from doing what God is calling you to do, please pray right now. Ask the Lord to give you understanding give you the strength and the courage that you need to take this and run with it. Absolutely. And I just hope and pray that the words I'm speaking right now will do only one thing, and that is to draw you to God. Do not take what I say as Kim's words. Take them 
to the Bible, see what God says, because it's his word that matters, not mine. Test everything you hear to God's word, because that is where we get our source of life and energy and love. Everything we need for the battlefield is found in the Bible. The Bible gives us everything we need to know about our enemy, nothing more, nothing less. The Bible has given us everything we need to know about the battle. Nothing more, nothing less. We don't have to go to all these great lengths to get this information. It's right there in our Bible. And most of us, we have the YouVersion Bible app on our phone. We can scroll through God's word at a, at a moment's notice. Use it. That's right. That's right. That's good. Sorry, I didn't mean to get you off track, but it just... That's important. Rem- yeah, it reminded me of a conversation I was having with someone. And so, thank you. Our next piece of armor is the shield of faith. And this piece of armor, I think it's a fun piece of armor to study. When we break this piece down at the workshop, it's really fun. This piece, it's kind of hard to tell. I'm holding my hands up right now. (laughs) It's a big piece of armor. It's not like the little shield your kid has with his armor. He's a knight set that he has for Halloween. This is a large piece of equipment. There is no way I could lift this up with one hand. Maybe two, but definitely not one. It was a large piece of equipment. And it was important because it not only protected from the collarbone of a Roman soldier to his thigh, but it also provided protection to the soldier standing next to him. Now, a lot of us probably have seen the movie 300. I do not endorse that movie. Do not go watch it. There's a lot of inappropriate stuff. But if you have seen it, then you probably remember this scene with King Leonidas explaining how their Spartan army was able to be so successful. And it was because of the shields and how they used them. They, they lifted their shields. And when they were using it correctly, it was an impenetrable unit. If one man went down, that entire unit was then exposed. The shields were the source of their power. My friend, the same is true about our shield of faith. Our shield is really important because it not only helps you, but it can help others. When you're holding your shield of faith up, what does that mean? What does it look like? I want you to think of faith as an action. Faith is an action. So when Paul wrote this, he was the most wordy with the shield of faith and talking about prayer. And that is a very key piece because. Prayer and faith go hand in hand. If you want to live a life of faith, you have to be a woman or a man of prayer. You have to be on your knees before God because there are a lot of battles that we are going to face that can only be won on our knees before God. Our faith is so important. One of the ways I like to describe this, I'll do it very quickly, is right before my husband and I went to meet our three sons for the first time, I had so many doubts. The enemy was reminding me why I was not going to be a good mom to three teenage boys. I only had sisters. I knew nothing about boys. My son at the time was, I think, four years old. My daughter was two. And I'm in pre-K, and then my new sons were going to be in high school. And it's like shaving, hormones, oh my word, what are we doing? (laughs) I was very overwhelmed, felt very unqualified. But the closer it got to getting on that airplane, the more those doubts became part of my everyday life. 
Mm-hmm. I was being consumed by them. But I knew it's what God called us to do. It was clear. It was where God wanted us to go. So we got on that airplane and the doubts got louder and louder. And as we walked in the room to meet our sons, the last concern, the last doubt came at me and I simply turned the doorknob and I opened that door and that action right there lifted my shield up above my head. I took the step, locked eyes with my sons, and I've never had that doubt again. Amen. Taking that action step silenced the enemy because my shield of faith came up. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says in Ephesians 6.16, it says, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The shield of faith can and will silence every arrow the enemy is assaulting you with. Moving on, we then have the sword of the spirit. This is my my most favorite piece of armor. A lot of us think of a sword being the big three foot, four foot sword that we see in like the gladiator, you know, the big swords that the heroes fight with. That is not the sword Paul is referring to. Like I said, he's looking at the soldier standing there. The Roman soldier in that time carried two blades. The one, which is the traditional three-foot blade, point to point to end, was about three feet. However, the piece he's referring to is more like a dagger. It was small, and they would carry it in their belt. And a Roman soldier was trained to draw their dagger in hand-to-hand combat, close quarters. They could draw that dagger and embed it in someone else, or that person even knew he had another sword. It was lethal and it was fast. They could draw it on a dime. That is exactly how God's word needs to be in our life. We need to know it so we can speak it the second we are bombarded with anything that is not truth. God's word is what gives us the victory against the enemy. When you think about Jesus, when he lived on earth and when he went to the desert to be tempted by the enemy, the enemy came to him and tempted him three separate times. And each time Jesus silenced the enemy, not with his words, but with God's word. God's word is the only thing we speak against the enemy because only God can silence him. And so our sword of the spirit is offensive and it's defensive. Because when we are preparing for battle, we are memorizing God's word. We are hiding it in our heart. We're teaching our children God's word so they can hide it in their heart because they're going to experience battles in the future. We should be preparing and training the next generation for battle, not just giving the easy answer. Teach them what God says so that when they face the enemy, they're prepared. God's word is the only thing we should speak against the enemy. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, I just really appreciate you walking us through the armor because it's easy for us to sort of memorize it or not. I mean, I'm not perfect at memorizing scripture, so, but it's easy to just sort of zip through that passage in Ephesians 6. And, and I think we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I think that, you know, Paul introduces before he even gets to the armor of God. He reminds us that our enemies are not flesh and blood. They're 
principalities, they're rulers of darkness. And so it's really important to look at the total context of Ephesians 6 and everything, the beauty of everything that Paul has given us through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So, Absolutely. And I will say the entire book of Ephesians is about our armor. So as he has built his way from Ephesians 1 to Ephesians 6, he has already explained it so that when he gets to these eight verses in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, he's kind of just like hitting the bullet points. Remember, don't forget this. We talked about this. And so if you want to learn more, Ephesians is an incredible book of the Bible to really study because you'll understand your armor in a fresh way. Mm, That's good. Good perspective. So Kim, what are your thoughts about prayer? You touched on it very briefly, but talk to us a little bit about the role of prayer. You said it goes with faith, but what else should we know? Prayer is actually a massive part of battling spiritual warfare. At the workshops, we actually spend one whole session talking about the role of prayer within a warrior's life. Fervent prayer. Silla Shire has written a book called Fervent, and I love that book and I highly recommend it. If if you do not feel like you have a strong prayer life, I would encourage you to read that book. But prayer is how we access God's power. Most of us, we understand how FaceTime and Skype work. Do you realize prayer is the exact same thing? While we are living on earth, we cannot physically go to heaven and stand before God. However, prayer is that portal that can take us from the earthly realm to the heavenly realm. It's where we can be with God and share our our concerns, our fears, our worries, our joys, all of that at His feet while living on earth. And prayer, like I said earlier, The majority of our battles can only be won on our knees before God. And why is that? Well, because God's the creator. God is the judge. He is the one that's going to make everyone accountable. And he judges the the thoughts and the actions. He judges your motives. And who better to do that than him? So prayer is so important. I actually consider it the seventh piece of armor because at the end of Ephesians 6, um, 18, Paul says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. He doesn't just say, pray when life is hard and you're afraid. He says, pray all the time. Pray when you're happy. Pray when you're sad. The life of a warrior is so, prayer is so important in the life of a warrior. Your posture in prayer matters. We talk heavily about our posture when praying to God. Our posture reveals what we believe about God. Our prayers reveal what we truly believe about God. Yeah. One of the things that I like to encourage um, people to do is some people feel intimidated about praying, especially if you have to pray out loud in like a room with other people. (laughs) So, um, but for right now, we're primarily talking about just our own intimate personal prayer life. But even so, um, I was literally just two or three days ago speaking to a gentleman who expressed, and this was at a business function, but we got on the topic of faith at work. And he literally said, you know, well, I I don't pray as good as my friend over here. (laughs) 
And so there's, there's so much, I hear it all the time. So I just want to give a very quick tidbit for those who maybe struggle with prayer and even those who feel comfortable with prayer, but sometimes you just feel like you're not sure what direction to go. Read scripture out loud. Absolutely. In particular, the Psalms, but all scripture, read it out loud and just pray. Use the words that were in that scripture and turn it into a prayer. Most of us have bits and pieces of Psalm 23 memorized, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So you read that. Now turn it into a prayer. How do I do that? Thank you, Lord, that you are my shepherd. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have to want anything. In Jesus' name, amen. Boom, you're done. <laughs> amen. Right? So, yes. so just take one verse, take a whole chapter, take whatever you can, but literally use the word of God to be the word of your prayers. So I just want to share that. Absolutely. And one other point to that is sometimes I think as adults, we we don't want to pray sometimes because we feel like we don't have worth before God. Mm. And I want to tell you, you have value. God created you for a specific purpose. You have a role to play. You are wanted and you are needed. And God is crazy about you. And he loves to hear from you. As a parent, I love the individual voice each of my children have. I like the conversations I have with each of my children. They're all very different. I love them all. God is the perfect parent. He created you with your voice, your talents, your personality, your quirks. He loves it all. And he wants to hear from you. There's no one like you. Mm -hmm. And he gets such joy when we come to him and just talk. He's not going to, oh, that was a bad prayer. I'm going to zap you. He does not do that. You know, he loves when we (laughs) go to him and just share our heart. When we audibly call on his name, we audibly read scripture. And when we silently pray, he loves it all. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. And it's funny, Kim, because I said almost the exact same thing to this gentleman. I was like, the Lord is not judging your prayer in heaven. And he's not like looking at his watch like, mm-hmm, yeah, that was 30 seconds. You got, you got to do more. <laughs> Give me 20 more push-ups. <laughs> he's not judging our prayers. And, and I agree with you often, especially if we have, you know, a, a great degree of brokenness, or maybe we're in a really difficult season, or maybe we have just absorbed a lot of lies of the enemy, we can feel so unclean, we can feel so unworthy to even be able to come to the Lord in prayer or even to ask for anything like, oh, wow, I just did that. And now I got I'm supposed to go pray. Ooh, I don't think the Lord wants to hear from me now. Mm-hmm. And that is a lie right there of the Absolutely. enemy. Yes, it is. So um, I'm so glad you said that. Mm-hmm. Well, we have just a couple more minutes for the show. Kim, I would love to get your perspective on if we kind of step back for a moment and look at the bigger picture of spiritual warfare, how does that factor into our ability to be spiritually authentic or why is it even important for us to think about spiritual warfare in the context of spiritual authenticity? I think it's really easy to 
to think that because we sin, that we're not an authentic Christian, that we're always going to be a hypocrite no matter what we do. And the Bible makes it clear, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And if you're doing that out on the battlefield, you're going to make mistakes. You're also going to be a target to the enemy. And I feel it's really important, A, to make prayer your number one response and reaction to any and every situation. In my mind, that is the number one way to live a spiritually authentic life is by making time with God the number one priority in your life. Two, seeking God through his word every day, not just when you have time or when you're not running late. Like God's word is a priority. If you have those two things right there, you are going to be living a spiritually authentic life for him out on the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for that. And and you're right. I think if you are already striving to be spiritually authentic, you're going to encounter some battles because the enemy is not going to want you to do that. Right. That's how you know you're headed in the right direction. Right. When you experience difficulty out on the battlefield, you know, my pastor Craig Rochelle says it's when he's not receiving criticism and flack and experiencing problems that he's like, what are we not doing? Mm. When, when we're getting the hate mail, when we're getting criticism and being ridiculed, that's when he knows he's headed the right direction for God because the world is going to push back. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want us to serve God. That's when the enemy is going to be more involved in our life. You then put more of a target back on your life. And I know that can sound scary and be like, well, I don't want to do that. No, that's why your armor is so important because that is when you're truly living the life God has created you for. When you're out there wearing your armor, fighting back, that is where it's at. Right. And while there may be a target, that target is really like the letter V, right? So maybe it is a target, but it has a big old V for victory. Absolutely. Associated with it. And you know what? Because of sin, we're going to fail. Right. We're not going to win every victory. Why? Because we have pride. We have lust and we have greed in our life. But at the end of the day, we have Jesus. We have the power of his forgiveness to pick us back up, dust us off, and get us back out there ready to go. Fantastic. Well, Kim, this has truly been a pleasure. The last two sessions of really, and I know we scratched the surface on spiritual warfare. I want to thank you again. We're going to pray in just a moment, but how can people get in touch with you? We have our website, RelentlessWomenWarriors.com. You can subscribe there. (laughs) We have Facebook and Instagram, Relentless Women Warriors. And we will be posting updates about workshops in the future, as well as there's information about how you could host a warrior workshop in your neck of the woods. And if you wanted more information, you can go to our website and click the link and follow that. Awesome. Fantastic. That's perfect. And let's see. I do want to just, um, I think, pray. I'll start it off, Kim, and then have you close us out. How does that sound? I can do that. Awesome. Lord, I just want to thank you for giving us what we need. I thank you that you said 
The weapons of our warfare are not from this world, but they are gifts and provision from you. So I thank you for the armor that you have provided us. You are such a good father and you equip us to do battle. And I thank you that really you go before us. Your word says that you make crooked paths straight and that you will break down the iron bars for us. And so I thank you that we can be confident. We don't have to be afraid of the boogeyman. We don't have to be afraid of the enemy and his tactics. I thank you that your word is true. Your word is forever. Your word is just perfect for everything that we need. So I thank you, Father, for the gift of equipment, the gift of preparation, the gift of strength. And so, Lord, as Kim gets ready to pick up, I just want to bless your name and thank you for equipping each of us. Thank you, God, for bringing us together. Thank you for the ministry of Cubicles in Christ, God. I just pray and ask that you would use the word spoken here today to light a fire within the hearts and mind of every single person that's going to listen to this, God. I pray that it would drive them to you and not from you. I pray that you would give them the hunger to search your word for your truth. God, I pray that you would equip us to get up, to put on our armor, God, and to fight even when it's hard. Help us not to be afraid or discouraged. God, I just pray that we would be a people, a church that loves you with every fiber of our being, God. I pray, God, that you would stir the hearts of every woman and man that's listening today, God, to fight back, to honor you, and to live lives set apart for you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the victory that he has brought us. In your name, amen. Amen. Another pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Everyone stay tuned. Be sure to follow Relentless Women Warriors. So much more to come in the future. Thank you, Kelly. All right, everyone. Until next time, be sure to subscribe. Leave a comment in the Facebook community. God bless. Thank you for joining this episode of Cubicles in Christ. Be sure to visit BeWellMySoul.com for fresh biblical inspiration and practical ideas to thrive in life. May you grow in peace, love, and soul prosperity.